everybody. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. Hi, it's Becky. We're, we're, we're delighted to be back <laughs> inside your head. And that's Dan. <laughs> Hi, I'm Dan. And this is the H word. Um, uh, Dan, I wanted to kick this off with a new segment. Oh, great. Do you need a theme song? Yeah. Okay, what's the segment called? Mm, just make one. Make a okay. theme song, not This knowing. is a segment, and Becky's got a segment. It's going to be a segment now. Okay, guys. Uh, this segment is called Tell Your Friends About the Show. Now, <laughs> <laughs> I keep calling it a show. Also, I think it's a podcast. Um, usually, this happens at like the end of the podcast, but I figure encouraging you to tell your friends now will keep you listening. Oh, yeah, that's good. People want to hear what happens after we tell them to tell their friends. Yeah. If you're going to like this, tell your friends. Tell your friends before you listen to it. Listen to it with your friends. Yeah. And now turn the page, won't you? And I didn't have much more. And that segment is over. That's the end of the segment. <laughs> the end of the segment is now. How Great. You, how are you doing, Dan? Good. Doing okay, you know? Yeah, I'm getting uh, spacey. Spacey. Yeah, I'm getting really weird. So, like, like there's a certain kind of disarray happening around my home now. There's always a kind of disarray, but this one's new. Like, for instance, for some reason, I started wearing my... Oh, I know why. I started wearing my gumboots around the house because my other shoes were hurting my feet. <laughs> but okay. then, like, there's something about, like, waking up in the morning and, like, my socks and gumboots are by the bed. It feels like a new kind of disarray. That feels like cottage life. Um, and I will quote uh, my friend Roger Bainbridge. Uh, he, when I was sort of describing early on in the situation, I was describing like my daily routine, which is that it revolves around dinner and that there's some drinking usually ASAP. Um, as soon as is reasonable, not possible. <laughs> like, uh, like, like 8 a.m.? No, no, no. Reasonable. Oh. And uh, his response was, yeah, it's like the it's like bad cottage. It's mm. like and yeah, it was like it's like scary cottage. Uh, yeah. life so maybe the gumboots go well with that <laughs> yeah yeah certainly um there's something about not wearing shoes all day now i and i have had some um familial tension about shoes in the house he is pro shoes in the house and i am not i am anti-shoes in the house but now which is a kind of very canadian situation you take off your shoes when you get in but now i feel like if i don't put on shoes i don't have a work day Yes, I, I am pro shoes in the house. I have uh, plantar fasciitis. Okay, yeah. And so uh, baby needs some heel support. And so <laughs> I have indoor shoes now that uh, um, that I will wear around the house. Oh, and, so you, you know, kind of you kind of like Mister Rogers, your homecoming. Exactly. Aw, do you have a bench? Um, no, I don't. I do it standing up, like a like a rube. Okay, well, I'm going to get you a bench for your birthday, a huge bench. <laughs> I can't fit it in my room, yeah. Well, I'm your best friend. You can't get rid of it. Yeah, I guess so. I'm going to try to su support a local craftsman to make you a giant bench. Reclaimed, hopefully. Oh, of course, Dan. Um, uh, how much do you go out? How much do I go out? Uh, an ever-decreasing amount. Me too. Because I would like to point out a bit of... Um, uh, 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 mixed messaging that okay. the that the state is providing us at the can moment. Can I can I do a theme song? Please. The message, the message, the message is mixed. Which message did you miss? Mixed messages. Good afternoon and welcome to Mixed Messages. I am Dan, and uh, we are getting messages from the government that say, "Do not go out as stay home as much as possible. Go yeah. out for groceries once a week." Um, 
uh, go out only first things that are absolutely necessary. Yeah. And then a few minutes goes by and they say, and make sure to go outside and get exercise and go for a walk every day. Yeah. Okay, so, so stay home as much as we humanly possibly can, but also make sure to go out every day. Go for a wander. So what happens is, and this is happening um, This is happening in L.A. I listen to a podcast from L.A. It's happening in L.A. quite a bit now, which is the sidewalks can't handle this many people. And so you have to take over the road. Joggers, Joggers was only the first canary of the situation. Now it's like there's just too many people taking a stroll. And and it's not that it's not that people don't respect distancing. They do. But really is it, it doesn't feel like distancing is really, really like the best thing we can do. The best thing we can do is is simply not involve yourself in the equation. Die. <laughs> no, just not be outside. Oh, okay. You know? um, yeah, I know. Well, we have to be, this is the thing. We have to go outside, but there's no way to coordinate it. I guess we don't have to go outside, but I'm feeling crazy. My body hurts. I'm like putting on weight, but barely eating. It's bad. Like I, I can't, this would be bad to do for a year, but we'd have like heart attack spiking and stuff. So, because of inactivity. Yeah, but so but it's so uncoordinated. And Dan, also, I know we've I don't want to belabor the jogger, but like I've been having some interactions with joggers that I find really stressful too. Although I did want to give a shout out to a couple of really good joggers who are strangers that I saw. They're running with masks. If they're on like the sidewalk and you're on the sidewalk, they like go over between the parked cars and jog in place while you go by. Joggers, we know you need your exercise, but these guys are modeling good behavior. Uh, and I'll grant you that for sure. I've seen some good joggers out there. Because um, all the gyms are closed. There's no treadmill to jog on. Like, I do understand why this is happening, and I don't want to be full wait, dicks about it. Wait, the gyms are closed? <laughs> I love the idea, Dan, that you are so scared of rule following, but you're just like going to good life fitness. <laughs> <laughs> no man i found one with a window open and broken yeah. the window's broken yeah i still even though there's no one there i still wipe down oh yeah there's like a couple of shadows but you don't want to get too close you know physical distancing sorry becky we do need the end of the theme song for the segment oh no i forgot how it went okay the end the end is different yeah okay what, what, what? mixed messages all right so what's next <laughs> on the docket um well, I've I made a list of things to talk about, and I've now talked about two out of four. Oh, okay, great. Um, tell tell your friends to listen to the we're, podcast. We're, we're making good time. Yeah, this is this is so much of my um, occupation and vocation right now. This podcast, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I need to make it count and feel like an accomplishment because I can't keep wearing shoes to feel like an accomplishment. It's hurting me. Uh huh. Um, yeah, it's clearly it's broken your toe. I mean, self-diagnosed, <laughs> maybe not. Yeah. But the bone is doing a weird thing now, so it's like a weird shape. sticking out. Not out of the skin, but doesn't seem to be the right way. Mm, uh, yeah. Upside down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll find out maybe in the fall, maybe twenty twenty one. Give you an update on what happened to my toe. Like I said, I can lose it. I'd be able to wear smaller shoes. Again, tell your friends and stay tuned. <laughs> stay tuned for more. <laughs> Does she has gang does she have gangrene? Does she even know what it is? Um well I had this thought because now in Toronto, um public activities are cancelled through the end of June at least. Is that correct? Or July? June. 
end of june yeah three months yeah, april so, may and june so if we're lucky which <laughs> we won't be um we'll all be out partying on canada day <laughs> but we won't <laughs> all partying on canada day yeah that's what they're going that's what they're aiming for yeah the second the second wave launches canada day when we all go party and just make out with strangers and we're all allowed to because we're also crazed um mm. so uh, a that means the craft little craft fair I was gonna do uh, canceled, and um, B I had this sort of thought I don't I didn't check to see if this was already a hashtag but I kind of wanted to start this trend called cozy summer. Okay. Yeah. So so you know there's this um, Nordic European notion I, I think I've brought up before of hygge hygge. Yes. Uh, but why don't you hit us with it again? Uh, I'm. I'm not of these places, so sorry, Swedes, if I'm appropriating your culture or Danes or whoever does this. Um, but Hige, and I also I'm sure I'm I'm pronouncing it weird. Um, it's like a notion of sort of winter coziness. So like have woolen blankets and candles around you, and it's for the winter. But I'm into the notion of having a nice sweaty cuddle, and <laughs> <laughs> and like sort of reveling in a cozy hot humid toronto summer mm, with yeah. what i anticipate to be brownouts no air conditioning yeah well i'll tell you it is a hashtag on instagram cozy uh, summer yeah i'm seeing some uh i'm seeing a lot of hoodies uh i'm seeing some like uh like warm lighting around a swimming pool oh sorry but you just looked this up yeah i'm just looking it up now. okay so that wasn't like off the top of your head it's already a famous thing no, no, no. Okay, great. Um, yeah. Well, then I want to support the work of others. I don't know who started it, but that's that's great of you. But uh, I'd love to see some sort of like nice candlelit afternoons <laughs> in the summer because mm-hmm. um, we got to get used to it. Yeah, yeah. And... It's uh, this is literally when people want to be out the most of any time of year. Yeah. So so you know what? It's so fucking basic to be cozy in the winter. <laughs> Let's step up to the challenge. Yeah. Get, get cozy when it's dripping wet, can't sleep, too hot out. Oh, I'll point out something interesting I just found. Okay. On Twitter, at Cozy Summer is its own handle. Uh huh. Two people are following them. They have zero tweets. Did they hear us recording? I think maybe it started now. Oh. Oh. Well. Oh, sorry. No, they're following two people and have zero followers. <laughs> Well, I mean, Cozy Summer, now's your time. Yeah, and it says, the the avatar picture says, Cozy Summer, pretty bags for your fashion girl. Bags? Like... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, like under the eyes? Uh, like old ladies? Who knows? Uh, I don't know, saddlebags? Whatever they're mm. talking about, I'm into yeah. it. Um, so, uh, but Cozy Summer in general speaks to like what I think we're kind of staring down now, which is going to be this balance of... Um, and you and I, now that we've become actual best friends, we had some we had some talks offline um, mm. about cognitive dissonance and that like there's extreme anger and also like a need for calm. All of these sort of thoughts wrestling in our, our minds that seem quite opposite are going to stay that way. So the the way that I think about cozy summer uh, in that way is that things like this, these sort of fun, silly hashtags and distractions are going to be extremely important during a time that's also going to be horrifying. I see. I see. And maybe it's important to understand that, like, sitting in two very distant places at the same time is good and also possible. Hmm. 
Well, I mean, I the that's very H of you. Honest? Oh, hopeful. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> the H word is also can be anything. Oh, there's no H in cozy summer. Oh, boy. H- Huga summer. Oh, that's what the H word is. Huga. It's a word I can't pronounce. Oh, okay. Great. It changes constantly. Um, well, it's, uh, no, it's not hopeful, Dan. I'm going to call you on that. It's not hopeful to be able to hold two things in your mind? Like, uh, uh, instead of being ripped apart by them? No. I think it's hopeful. No, that's like, uh, I think that's, isn't that what life always feels like? Um, I, uh, I don't think so, no. Oh, okay, well, it does for me. Okay. I, I, I would say that most people seek a feeling of safety. Ah, right. Uh, so I think people, um, generally, whether they have to shoehorn themselves into the feeling or not, you know, uh, find themselves in a general feeling of safety. Oh, yeah, I don't do that. That's my, maybe I'm, maybe I'm the wrong one here. I don't think either of us is right or wrong. I think we're just learning a lot about each other. Okay, but maybe I'm right. Oh, yeah, you could be right. Okay. Yeah, for sure. I, I'm, I'm for sure. I'm more probably wrong. Um, huh, well, there was this, this thing. Have I ever told you this thing about sort of the, the philosophy of clowning? About Well, I guess you don't know. I haven't said it yet. But like when I was studying clown um, when I was like in the late 90s with this guy, Ronlin Foreman. I think it was him. Uh-oh. I can't misquote my clown teachers. I'll never hear the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think it was him anyway. Um, send your letters to the hwordpod at gmail.com if you are mad at me, my old clown teachers. Um, but it was this notion that the clown, when the clown is performing Hamlet, the clown is both in the in Denmark and in the circus tent and at the same time. And okay. improv works that way too. There's this sort of like duality of existence in it. So you're both in the fantasy of where you are, but you're also very much yourself and winky. There's like a winkiness to the audience. And, uh, you, you know, you see the actor present. You see, like, if you and I are doing a show, you can see the dynamics between the two of us as we play, but also between our characters. Yes. But I think that that's like a parallel for life, too, that like we, 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 the, there's sort of this emotional world and then there's a pragmatic world and they're living at the same time. So, I don't know which is which here. Like the pragmatic world is maybe reading the news and and the emotional world understands its need for delight, even though all that's happening. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think you're right. But I, but I think that because, as you described, we're heading into a hor- horrific time mm-hmm. that that like you know uh, to use a word that is uh, getting overused now but it's unprecedented and so uh, this this idea that you feel like it's possible for us to hold that level of cognitive cognitive dissonance in order to feel both both um okay in the moment and absolute dread at the reality i think is hopeful oh okay well, it's hopeful for human nature, and I, 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 I appreciate it, and I, um, you know, I want to join you in that hope. <laughs> well, entertainers keep entertaining. 
they always have through actually Peter Jickling, who we interviewed sort of where I interviewed like um, a couple months ago, back when when we were allowed to be free, and I was in the Yukon. Um, he we sort of talked about that. Like actually, that episode was called "Love in the Time of Corona," which became a little too much. Mm-hmm. Anyway, mm-hmm. Um, it, oh, also wait, here's another thing. Here's another weird connection. So Laura Barrett, who does our theme music. Uh, the the track that we use is called Consumption, and it's from an album she made called Victory Garden. And Victory Gardens are now on the return; they're they're back. Yeah, can you can you uh, explain the term? Uh, I don't I don't know it completely, like the 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 background of what the term where it comes from. But I know that these are gardens that were planted during the first and second world war on every scrap of land that you had around you, including containers and stuff like that. I don't know why it's called a victory garden. I guess it's sort of like freedom fries. It's like, it's just declaring victory um, because they, they can't keep us down. And this was a response to genuine food shortage um, so that you had some more food stability during these war times. So there's articles going around now about seeds are selling out and baby chicks and stuff, and people are planting victory gardens. At this point, we're not at a point of, um, you know, breakdown in the supply chain, but it's very calming to garden. And yesterday, ITOR planted all our seeds or started our seeds, which we normally do in the spring, but it felt like nice and like a moment of some normalcy goes on. And I went yeah. out on the balcony today and our little alpine strawberries came back, had come back after the winter. Huh. Yeah, but that's a victory garden. Anyway, it made me think of Laura. She's the album cover is really great. We can post an image of it, but she's like beautifully traveling. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's that's back. That's a little hopeful. I don't know. That's yeah, distraction. I like it. No, I don't think so. Um, anything making you feel hopeful? No. It's okay. No. It's okay. Yeah, we didn't know all this was going to happen when we started this wonderful podcast you should tell your friends about. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, hit like and subscribe for sure. Um, Great. Well, Do you have a chat for us today? Uh-huh. I talked with Monica Heisey in London, England. The Monica Heisey. The Monica Heisey. Um, wow. I know. Huge get. She's wonderful. Um, I'm trying to do dispatches from all over the place as things start to get weirder and weirder. Um, but I forgot to ask her about hope. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well. Yeah. Feeling a bit loose these days. Um, just, just had a chat with one of my friends, found it super calming. And I, I hope that listeners do too, because that's what I want to be putting out in the world right now. Soothing, calming, gentle vibes. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. You ready to listen? I'm ready. Okay. Bye, Dan. Okay. Bye. Talk to you soon. everybody it's becky uh it's (laughs) i'm recording remotely again um just want to say before we get started to please forgive any audio quality stuff i'm not a tech nerd and i'm having to learn a lot very quickly um but that aside i'm here across the globe with my wonderful friend monica heisey hi monica hi how's it going i'm good how are you where are you I'm in um, the office room in my apartment in London in Stoke Newington. It's intense? In Stoke Newington, which is my neighborhood. (laughs) (laughs) It is pretty intense. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Well, hello, Monica. Well, before we start into that, um, do you want to introduce yourself? Who are you? What do you like? Uh, Sure. (laughs) 
Um, I'm a, a writer. I'm from Toronto originally. I've been living in the UK on and off for my whole 20s, but um, I moved back here in August after a couple uh, really lovely years in Toronto working uh, mostly as a TV writer and writing for books and magazines. And um, I really, really like and want a cat. I like cats generally. I want one cat singular. You don't have one. No, I don't. I used to have one, but uh, she lives with my ex-partner. And uh, it, I didn't really want one because I was moving around all the time after we broke up. But now that I'm settled here and also especially stuck inside, I'm like, oh, my God, I want a cat so bad. Oh, um, yeah, I have a cat. It's great. <laughs> it's great right now. Yeah. She is a little, I can't tell if she likes that we're around all the time or is confused by it, but it's certainly been a shift for her. <laughs> I've heard that it's it's confusing dogs in particular, um, but that animals in general are, are a bit like, what the hell? What are you doing here all the time? <laughs> yeah. And also dogs are like, in some places, that's the only excuse you can have to walk outside. So you yeah. have to, so you, they're, they're kind of like... They're like an appendage to your desires. I guess they always are. I don't know. <laughs> um, and uh, question number two is, how are things in London? Let's just get that out of the way. London, England, by the uh, way, for our Canadian listeners. Yeah. Yes, not London, Ontario. No offense to London, Ontario. No, it's, I'm sure um, it's fine. <laughs> uh, things are kind of intense here. I would say people only really got properly into social distancing. So I live across the street from this very adorable kind of picturesque independent grocery stall store. Right. And it was really stressful because it was really, really full all the time and just bustling. And it's really small um, for like weeks after everything kind of kicked off. And now they are like the guys who work there wearing masks and they're enforcing uh, like a three customer in the store at a time minimum maximum and um people are like in line six feet apart from each other and stuff so that's it's been nice to see that people are kind of getting on board it seems like it's gonna be pretty bad here wait that just started like last this last the last week okay. so like technically we were told to start staying home this would be the third week that we've We've been told to stay home, but people weren't really listening until I would say this week. Yeah, I mean, we're we're just beginning our third week. By the time this comes out, it'll be the end of the third week. But um, yeah, that's um, that's scary to watch. It sucked. It felt like real culture shock because I like, you know, have my own sense of what British people are like. But I, I think I, I miss understood how intensely they're committed to like that kind of like stiff upper lip sort right. of I know keep calm carry on wasn't like a real poster during the blitz or whatever but that kind of spirit I think which is so stupid it's the opposite you're keeping calm and carrying on is like the most harmful thing you could, I guess freaking out and carrying on would be worse but like carrying on is not the move right now what what do you mean it wasn't really a poster I didn't know that really no, I think they I I read that it was like a designed poster during World War II, but that they thought it was too glib. Oh yeah, like they found it in like an archive or rolled up somewhere kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. Okay. But it wasn't like circulated during the actual time that it was made. Got it. But it wasn't also made by just like hipsters 10 years ago to sell at framing shops. <laughs> no, they just really took it to new levels. 
Yeah, it's it's around. Um, well, also, I mean, if I may generalize about British people, I've been there and I found that they love a queue. They love a queue. They live for a queue. And so, you know, that queue should be close and the person behind you should be kind of like sighing and grunting. Yeah, they live for a queue. They're also incredibly obsessed with eating lunch outdoors. They're obsessed with calling it dining al fresco. Right. And the second that the weather turns, they all just want to be clustered outside the pub or like standing outside the pub, not even at tables, just with a full beer or sitting in the park eating their lunch. So this is, I think, really hard for them. This is, and so, but you've been hunkered down now for three weeks. Yeah. Or you're in your third week. What have you been up to? Yeah. How's that going? I mean, I'm actually humiliated by how little my daily routine has changed. Yeah, I feel you on that. Yeah, like, I, I mean, I work from home, so... The main difference would be that I'm not like taking the bus into town to have like general meetings and I'm just having those over Zoom, but that's only a small part of my week and gen like almost everything about my life is the same. I don't get to go to the gym, which I, I miss, but we have like some weights and stuff at home. Like I'm pretty much living the same as before, except that I'm going to the grocery store way way less and I don't get to have dinner with my friends which is admittedly one of the nicest things about being alive and I miss it a lot is having dinner with your friends yeah yeah what I know. else is there well I just finished my morning workout um and that and it's like 11 so that's pretty late um what the, did you do well it, it was only 15 minutes so I've got to figure it out because I'm not getting any cardiovascular exercise and it's making me feel really weird. Um, you, I don't think, listen to the podcast, but I sort of explained some of the ma maniacal things that I was starting to do last week because I had too much energy, like walking, I was walking around in all my um, uncomfortable shoes to try to break them in. I broke a toe. So, oh, no. <laughs> I know. Anyway, that's an update. People, if they've listened, will know that. But so I'm trying to find like the correct way to do this. I don't know how to do cardiovascular exercise in my house. Um, Can you do like, I like to go back kind of old school and just do like a minute and a half of jumping jacks okay. and then like another minute and a half of like jumping squats basically just jumping okay I which might is my least favorite thing I don't like to be jiggled <laughs> <laughs> I might I might have to I might have to go outside for jumping work that into one of my walks no one's around just jump yeah. up and down for a minute <laughs> and you know <laughs> I kind of feel like um, that sort of behavior is like uh, things are more acceptable now. Oh, yeah. You can do whatever for in the name of your one hour of government mandated exercise a day. Yeah. Are you going out at all? You go to the grocery store. Yeah, there's a beautiful there's a beautiful cemetery, kind of an overgrown cemetery near my house called Abney Park Cemetery. Mm -hmm. And it um, it was like, a, I mean, there are a few more recent burials, but. It, most of the graves are from like the 1800s and they're all kind of grown over with trees and vines and stuff. And all the paths are really like comfy to run on. They're like peat moss and wood chips and stuff. Oh, nice. So I've been I've been doing a little like run around in there, which I did not expect to like, but which I like very much. Yeah, cemeteries in the old world are a different thing. They can be more yeah. romantic. Yeah, it's very peaceful. It's really, really nice. Do you run into other people there? Uh, not as much anymore. I was really furious, like, the week that... The first week that we went into lockdown, no one else was in lockdown. And I was, like, running around scowling like an old lady at, like, groups of teenagers drinking in the park or, like, 
clusters of old people like coughing and laughing. I was like, this is not, <laughs> this is not it. Like, um, I mean, we shouldn't laugh. They could be, they could be sick now for all we know. Right. It's like, if you love the cemetery so much, great news. <laughs> go cough on each other in it um well maybe that's too dark (laughs) i know but i i keep catching myself doing things that are too dark well actually that's a good question like so it it, we can't move away from thinking about COVID 19 because it's so fucking weird and everywhere um and intense Mm -hmm. and scary i mean i don't know where london's getting to but are you getting to the scary zone yet uh apparently we're like a week away yeah so toronto hasn't hit it's not good here but it's like you know our it's but topping New York is very scary right now. Yes. They're already at the scary zone. Um but I guess, you know, so you and I know each other from comedy writing. You you work in comedy and in journalism, right? Mhm. Um how do you feel about comedy right now and all of this? I've been finding it a little bit difficult to to write just yeah. because it things are developing so fast and it feels hard to know Something that might feel a bit kind of like light but gallows humory. I feel like the shelf life of it is like a day now because things can change so fast. And I, I don't ever, you know, there it is about finding a line between pointing out something that's true and, and in a funny way. And, you know, what's the use in pointing out something that's true if it's like ruining everyone's lives? So I feel like um, it's a little bit. I, I would be really hesitant to make jokes about this. I try to ground my jokes in my experience of this moment, which is kind of true right. about anything. But like, I think I can safely make jokes about the ways, the ways that I feel crazy trapped in my house or like the, the feelings I have at the grocery store. But I wouldn't want to make any jokes about the broader situation because I know it's much, much worse for so many, you know, hundreds and thousands of people um, than it is for me. Yeah, it makes sense. Well, yeah, totally. I mean, it's I asked this question because it's like it's something that I've been wrestling with. I'm still writing. What actually what are you writing right now? Are you writing? Yeah. What are you doing? Um, I'm working a lot. Actually, I'm really busy, which is is nice. Um, I'm doing a bunch of scripts for other people. So something I've been doing a lot since moving over to the UK that I wasn't doing a lot of in Canada was is um, kind of script editing for um, people who have uh interesting stories and ideas but haven't necessarily got a ton of experience writing for TV and want to get a script together right um for a production company so companies will bring me in and I'll work with like a stand up or a playwright or or an author or something and help them structure their story and talk through you know the season arc or whatever um oh, nice. so I'm I'm yeah it's been really it's super fun actually it's so nice to kind of have the pressure of the part where you have to come up with the great idea (laughs) taken away and then you just get to sort of work with the mechanics of story which is so fun um well and it sounds also really really symbiotic yeah yeah it's nice to work with other people too um but now I'm kind of a lot of projects have reached a point where it's just me in my house with the script so I'm kind of I'm like gonna be really busy until the end of the month and then I'll be interested to see if things slow down in either the TV industry or in media, um, I'm doing a couple, like I had a hard time this week writing this piece that I'm doing for the guardian about, um, I went to Paris by myself in January to try and work on a book. Yeah. And I kind of wrote like a little light, funny piece about 
not li- like I don't know why I decided to travel alone. I don't like it. Huh. Um, I don't like I don't like being alone, and I also talk too much. <laughs> so like want to travel by myself, and so I went kind of nuts. Um, and I think I got sucked in by like the myth of the empowered woman traveling alone, um, which is like not a myth in that it doesn't exist. It's just it's an idea that was really more attractive to me than the actual reality of the yeah, thing. Yeah, you wanted to like go to Paris and get taken under the wing of like a modern day Gertrude Stein. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And instead I just kind of like ate too much and bothered bartenders because um, they had to taunt me. And, uh, but that's hard. That's been hard to write because it feels so like from before with a capital B kind of thing. Yeah. You know, it like my whole thing is like light, funny essays based in experience. But like, I don't know that that's the most useful thing right now. So I'm trying to hunker down and figure out other stuff that I can do to be of use. I sewed a mask the other day. Oh, with a sewing machine or by hand? By hand. It's a piece of shit. <laughs> but both my sisters are nurses and they're talking about these mask shortages. And yep. I just got so worried for them that I... um spent like three hours making an absolute trash heap of a mask for myself. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I will say as someone with a background in craft, like they would be pretty hard to hand sew at the best of times. So I I don't, and if if it's taking three hours per mask, um, that reminds me I should sew some, but that'll be on my to-do list this week, I guess. Yeah, yours will be so beautiful and functional. Mine was kind of neither. Well, I don't. I certainly have a lot of materials around that I should be putting to use. We'll see. I, I read somewhere that um, in England, a, a large community of medical fetishists donated their entire stock of pre- personal protective gear to the NHS. Yeah, there was one in the States where like 50,000 masks were donated by Pornhub. Yeah, that sounds right. I just... Everything's why? a fetish. I guess. I guess. I'm I'm one of those people who says they don't watch porn and is not lying. I mean, I have. Right. But I don't know what's out there. It scares me. The last <laughs> I think like the last time I went for a little tootle around in pornography land, I just saw a lot of like incest like tags and just just got scared and panicked and left. I ha- it was really It unhappy. is a really It is a really common tag. I'm not really a big porn person either. Um so I I've never seen any like videos involving medical equipment but it does not shock me that there was that there's a demand for any any you could tell me anything was a kind of porn and i would believe you 100 percent. oh sure yeah and i mean i found also like in watching pornography sometimes the production values really took me out of the experience because <laughs> i <laughs> i'm involved in making television and film and i'm like i found myself just like judging it and of course that's not the point but i was like maybe this is why this is not the thing for me Oh, Do you oh. not think, though, that being raised on kind of like 90s Canadian TV, that the lighting in most porn and Canadian TV is the same? Oh, maybe that's it. Maybe it looks too much like the Edison <laughs> twins. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so, but this is interesting. Yeah, I, I actually, I understand what you're saying about writing articles about how terrible it is to travel alone when everyone's locked up is not okay. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, on levels upon levels, but like... What are you thinking about putting out there? You're still on Twitter. I'm still on Twitter. I'm just, I mean, I, I, I've been, I, Twitter's easier because it is just about like the day-to-day dumb bullshit that happens to me. So, yeah, you know, there's very, I think there's very low risk of, of stepping on someone's 
life or reality if you're just talking about your own life and reality. Although, you know, I don't know. I made a joke the other week about like rolling my eyes when like women who are like a size six post a bathing suit picture on Instagram and are like, I just need to be me and brave. These are my flaws. And a lot of size six women were like, I actually hate myself too, you know. And I was like, all right. So you posted sure. that. Did yeah. you get in trouble? Oh, I see. That's how they responded to you. Yeah, a bunch of a bunch of thin ladies were mad. Um, I mean, I'm a size six but- and I hate my body, but I, I also still think that your comment's uh, valid. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we're all allowed to hate our bodies. In fact, we are encouraged. Yeah. <laughs> there's yeah, room there's for a, everyone. There's a lot of info out there encouraging us. And um, Yeah. <laughs> but Monica's, uh, what are you, Monica, size four? Yeah, yeah, I'm a size four on one leg. Um, Nobody knows what size you are, so I was like, you saying that you could be way thinner, <laughs> just making fun. Imagine. <laughs> no, don't worry. For everyone listening, I have a very sizable ass. Um, yeah. So just imagine that while while I'm talking. I mean, this balance of comedy right now, it's it's really interesting. So last night I watched, I've been watching like the American comedy news, like Colbert and, and John Oliver. John Oliver always had this tone of like, it's basically informational. It's basically news with some jokes thrown in. Um, yeah, it's more his like style of delivery that like sometimes he is just saying facts in like a very indignant tone. Yeah. And that's okay. Like the, all this sort of spectrum to me, it's okay. The spectrum is shifted around. Oh, it's great. But I'm like, but, you know, watching that, I'm still writing for a comedy show and trying to figure out that balance. Um, it's I just I'm wondering what the role of comedy is right now in a way that I haven't. You and I both have written through a lot of really difficult times of our our own and written about them. But how mm-hmm. is but this is like finally it's like it's this very hard because I feel like jokes right now should like distract the people who are staying at home who are fine and well and kind of keep them entertained. But also you know that they're going to be received by people who are going through horrors. And how do you reconcile that? I think it might just be a more extreme version of something that, that all of the art forms have and just every aspect of life has been dealing with for the last 10, 15 years, which is that we have so much continuous access to other people. Yeah. You know, like I don't know that, And it just depends on who you are. Like, I don't know that if I was worried about a loved one right now that I would be angry to see people making jokes about it because that's the position that that person is in at that time. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I'm worried about people. I've got people in my life who are, yeah, I'm worried about people. And I'm still, I still like jokes. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, I don't know. The one thing that I've been surprised by is that I haven't really wanted speaking of like access i haven't really wanted to get in on all of this facetiming that's happening uh. i'm finding it like stressful to video chat as much as people seem to want to video chat especially in large groups oh yeah i can't do it i did one that was fun but we were all just sort of, there was like nine of us and we were drinking <laughs> <laughs> i think the facetiming thing is partially like one of the reasons I don't want to do it is because I don't like looking at a little video of my face oh, all yeah. the time. Yeah, yeah. I think that's making me crazy. I had a little freak out the other day um, where I was like, because I've also just, I've not been wearing any makeup. I'm also really, really ginger. So I get my eyelashes and eyebrows oh, yeah. tinted and that's gone away. So I am looking like a late stage fetus, I would say <laughs> right at the minute. Um, just like a lot of sort of pinkish skin, very translucent, 
big lashless eyes. <laughs> it's right. rough. Getting less sun, um, so you're like quite see through. Yeah, yeah. Real. It's like real, like kind of newt, <laughs> newt energy. Um, but well, can I give you I, some? I, can I, I can I give you some advice? Please. Um, just um, make the FaceTimes be a costume party. Oh, do yeah. you know what? That's, yeah, I FaceTimed with my friend Tess and my friend Laura the other day, and Laura was late, and when she got there, it was because she was getting the right wig. Oh, yeah. No, I've been wearing wigs and for my, for my um, like, Zoom parties. See, this is where, like, the performing comedians are at, like, a real advantage. I don't have any wigs here anymore. I'm, like, you know, new life, mostly writing. Ooh, do you, how about a scarf? I lost all my wigs in the divorce. <laughs> oh, no. Well, you know, that's a lot of extra weight that you don't need the wigs. Um, but like a scarf would work. Yeah. You can get creative. Yeah, you know, sunglasses. honestly, we're at a point now where you can have a Zoom meeting with a friend and just put a bowl on your head. <laughs> tape it around that's your... gorgeous. Tape it around your chin. Yeah. Like, that's nice. Okay. If, you all know, right. That's empowering. And if you're feeling sort of pale, do you have any foundation? Yeah, I'm I'm also weirdly enjoying not wearing like I think what oh. I wanted from this time was to like have like a really long sick day, you know? Where like I was gonna suggest take the foundation. You'll still feel it on your skin, but take it and put it on everything. Put it on your lips. <laughs> <laughs> kind of put Just it look into like your like a real baby Voldemort. Yeah, put kind it in look. put it into your hair. Uh-huh. We're in a time <laughs> when yeah, we can have new looks. <laughs> oh yeah, this is this is definitely doing something more creatively exciting for you than for me this time. It sounds like it sounds like maybe you're flourishing. I am, I am, <laughs> I am, and it's. I've talked to Dan about this. It's because like there's less distraction and less FOMO that was a real problem for me. <laughs> what was the problem? Like that there's less FOMO. So the problem was oh, like right. I, at night I'd be like I should be doing a show or I should be out hanging out with my friends and I'm like nope, <laughs> shouldn't. There's nothing. It's not there. Are you watching? Are you watching anything cool? That's what I was going to ask you. Um, <laughs> I've I've already talked about what I've been watching in the last episode. So what have you been watching? I I just started watching BoJack Horseman. Oh my gosh! Uh, and you've never seen it. A, a unbelievable pleasure. I'm like simultaneously. I think any other time in history, I would be annoyed with myself for taking so long to get to this. But now I'm like sick. Oh, that's amazing. What do you, yeah, what are your yeah. impressions? How far in are you? I'm, we're reaching the end. So we're like on episode like 10 maybe of, of 13. Yep. Uh, in the final, in the final season. Oh, and it's, yeah. it's, you know, it's got, it's taken its turn and gotten quite, quite persistently dark. Um, yeah. But I'm just so impressed by it. The scope of that show is crazy. Like the, um, I, I'm just like perpetually in awe of the amount of stuff they were able to do. Like, I don't even know how they got to make it like that. I know. For, um, I know. For people like you and I and you more than I who are like writing in this industry, you've been at it for longer than I have. Like something that beautiful and, and also structurally complex and strange. And like experimental yeah. and like consciously and consciously artful it's yeah. so inspiring i i love it um yeah, and it's, it's not like trying to be edgy it's trying to be real and it's i think succeeding in that and also kind of like showing yeah just the way that people can the extreme places people can go or push themselves to go 
It's also it's also like I think it's also accessible and very kind to its audience. Like it's funny and and goofy as well as so fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think about how like the the animal element of it. I mean, Lisa Hanawalt, I've been a huge fan of forever. Um who designed all like the world of it. Yeah, when we first started and- watching it, I tore like went to his office and he was like, "We bought one of her zines years ago." Yeah, anyway. you should buy if you haven't got her book, Hot Dog Taste Test. It's one of my favorite. Okay, my favorite things. Um, but like that element of like the world where animals and humans mix together, and there's like just the, like constant riffs on different parts of like animal life. Yeah, is such a fun and gentle and silly and whimsical thing to overlay a show about like addiction and depression and how celebrity hollows you out. It it's yeah it's just amazing well actually okay the the thing i haven't talked about so what i watched i was watching cheers with itor stress me out can't talk about that already talked about that then i watched <laughs> then i watched tootsie not okay stress me out yeah um so what i've gone back to is um interestingly similar themes to bojack horseman in my mind is i've been rewatching twin peaks the return Ooh. um because i'm a gigantic twin peaks fan uh Watching it, the, it when it first aired, when I was like 11 or 12, was the thing that made me want to be an actor. Oh, God. I know. I can't imagine watching that age 12 or 11. Yeah. Well, and also watching it, like I grew up in Vancouver, so it, the setting looks like where I live. Oh, my God. And the people I know are like that. Um, so it was very, <laughs> it was very real to me. Yeah. Like out in rural British Columbia that's like he he nailed it anyway the return's very different but again like like bojack horseman it's like a reality that's our own that has like a a fantastical one transposed on top of it and Mm -hmm. and as difficult as it is like the the stuff that happens in it lynch is not very good at his treatment of women um but it all feels very like it feels like it feels like a, a way to confront all the things that are bad instead of like sam and diane is lies and i can't handle it that's that's not a right. good relationship. Whereas in Lynch's world, nothing is a good relationship. <laughs> Very little is. <laughs> right. And then there's also, yeah, like art and expression that I find extremely calming. Have you watched it? Uh, no, I watched like the first season of the original Twin Peaks when I was like, uh, like 23. The guy I was dating at the time was obsessed with it. And uh I watched like half a season maybe and it gave me like very aggressive sexual nightmares. And yeah. so I had to stop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. The I mean, Lynch's entire oeuvre is a sexual nightmare. <laughs> yeah. Like I think that's that was the purpose of it and it definitely achieved what it set out to do. But I was like, oh, I can't. <laughs> yeah. This- I'm, a, I'm a what's known in the film community as a little baby. Um, <laughs> so I kind of can't can't see most anything with like a scary element or peril or like too much cruelty i can't handle it oh that's that removes a lot of tv and film a lot of it yeah no it's a lot of it is gone (laughs) well i also think though that right now is a time when we're definitely all allowed to be little babies yeah we have to take care of ourselves and i think also settling into where we both are like three weeks of isolation it's becoming real yeah how long do you think it's gonna be um, two, two more months. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. I feel like one thing that I'm like really selfishly looking forward to is that I think it's going to end around the time of my birthday. 
And yeah. um, I think people are going to be really ready to have a nice party. <laughs> and I love having people over. But yeah, I'm also scared that it'll do the thing that 1918 did and go away in the summer and then come back in the fall. Yeah, I mean, it might do. They're saying it, it probably will. Although by then, maybe they'll have a vaccine. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, no, I'm that's like, too soon. Too soon? I, yeah. I heard six to nine months would be like a very, very fast but possible vaccine. I don't know. Anyway, I, I just don't know. I'm not a scientist. Yeah, I don't know either. Have you read anything lately that makes you feel okay? Um, Feel okay? No. Feel like... The thing I read the most that I loved recently that I'm rereading now and it's driving me crazy, but in a good way, is Mrs. Dalloway by Virginia Woolf. Oh. I've never read any Virginia Woolf before. I haven't read that. I'm just, I'm so obsessed with it. It's, it's like, I feel like a bit of a loser coming to it so late, but it's like, it's just so wonderful. <laughs> well, it's like BoJack, though. It's, these things come to you when they're supposed to. It's not about, like, academic achievement and getting things done on time. Yeah. I just wish, I feel like I would have liked to have been able to be influenced by it earlier, basically. Um, what um, is it What is it that you like so much? Like, what's hitting you? So, it's all set on one day. Um, it's set during a day that Mrs. Dalloway is throwing a party. And it's Aww. just about everything that happens in London or in her part of London um all of some of the things anyway that happen in this part of London on this one day in the lead up to this dinner party that she's planning so it follows like she'll go out to a, a she goes out to a shop to buy some flowers um is how it starts and then there's a sound outside and then we like shift focus to outside and uh, a car has kind of sputtered to a stop, but people think there's a member of the royal family in the car and a crowd forms and everyone in the crowd is having a different day and has a different impression of that moment of who's in the car. And then we follow someone who was watching in the street and then we pass someone in the park and they we follow them for a bit. And it's just kind of about how they remember that joke Twitter account horse ebooks. no. Okay, so there was, like, this fake Twitter account that allegedly was tweeting, like, garbled sentences from literature, and they were sort of semi-profound and kind of, like, interesting gibberish uh -huh. um, and very often very beautiful. And one of the big ones that they that the account tweeted was, everything happens so much. Yeah. And that's basically what this, what the book is about. It's just, like... It feels really, it feels kind of, reading it feels kind of the same way that it feels to go on Instagram, where you're suddenly aware of the unbelievable volume of different moments that are happening on top of each other at any given time in your life or anyone else's. Oh, wow. Um, it's, it sounds like it's structured like Slacker, like the Richard Linklater movie. <laughs> I haven't seen that. Maybe I was worried you just it was sort stressful. Of, I mean... <laughs> It it feels like more wandery, but it's like you kind of follow, you come into a scene with someone and you follow another person out for the entire film. Yeah, it is kind of like that. Um, it's And it's all set right after in like the aftermath of World War One, where things are getting back to normal for most people um, or for some particularly rich people. Things were never really different, but like um, some then also it follows a guy who's very clearly shell shocked, which we now know as PTSD. Yeah. Um, and his marriage, a lot of it focuses on his wife and her kind of um, regret about the way that her marriage has turned up. 
turned out and it's just it's just so beautiful. The book is, and like just the, the passages are just so like all encompassing. Like they don't just describe how one person's feeling. It's like this character is feeling this way. A person that he used to know is feeling this way somewhere else. The park is doing this. The weather is like this. You know, someone is putting out gloves at a shop and it's just, I'm really bungling it, but it's, it's been really wonderful. Well, you read. don't have to retell it because people should just read it, but yeah. <laughs> but um, it it sounds that's funny. It's it actually sounds to me like the absolutely perfect thing to be reading right now. Yeah, I mean, it. I read a a passage from it the other day about a bunch of people in London preparing to go to a party and the streets being full of people and the yeah. parks being full, and that made me sad, but also like wistful in a nice way yeah yeah well that's the thing being in the location that it's set in is kind of magical and yeah it's sad but also it should be (laughs) it gives it a different level I love reading stuff that's set at the place that I am I started doing that on holidays like a couple years ago and I thought it was corny but now I'm obsessed with it and can't stop doing it (laughs) well it's nice it's like immersing yourself in the place yeah, or especially like if it's by an author who is also a visitor to the place, then you kind of feel like, you know, you're also engaged in that visit. Nice. I mean, I love I love that kind of romance. You're not going to like be judged by me. <laughs> me right now, I'm going back and forth between Moby Dick and a bunch of Flannery O'Connor and it's too much. I shouldn't be doing this. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's too much. Moby Dick, huh? I've never read it. Um I've been reading it currently on and off for a year or something or six months. It's a lot. Wow. How does it feel to be kind of finally like it must feel good to have wanted to read it and finally be sitting down to do it? Well, I never actually wanted to read it. I didn't have that desire. (laughs) I didn't have that desire until I finally did. Like, I'm not that well read. I just look like I am. And (laughs) I do look like I am and I am not. Um, I wanted to read Moby Dick because um, because of the movie Heathers. Uh because one of them is always reading it um (laughs) and i don't know i think it was me and uh, my buddy chris Locke, who you know maybe sent out a tweet being like who wants to read moby dick with me and i was like me and then i got a copy from nick flanagan another friend and um i've been reading it it's it's been like maybe it has been a year but uh do you guys have just like a text thread of your moby dick thoughts he's got two kids i don't think he's reading it (laughs) <laughs> we, I mean we also sort of it was like a joke and I was like yeah and then we never organized any us doing it together and also it's been like on and off but what's what's I have found interesting about it that I didn't quite realize for a while is reading it at this time like in the in the mid 90s I lived on a boat um worked on okay. a boat up in northern British Columbia like on a fishing boat with a bunch of other people and this being stuck in my apartment feels so much like living on a boat Oh, wow. Yeah, and I just put that together like a couple days ago. Because living on a boat, what you do is you can spend alone time with other people present. Mm -hmm. And everybody just settles into that. That's interesting. Now, the difference being we knew how long we were going to be on the boat. Right. (laughs) But, you know, we didn't have... It was the 90s. We didn't didn't even have a telephone. (laughs) Fuck. Yeah. Entertainment was books that people would bring in on a float plane. What did you do on the boat? Uh, we worked it a lot. Um, it was a fishing resort, like a kind of exclusive fishing resort. I was on staff with my dad as the manager. So I made beds, cooked meals. I was working like 19, 20 hours a day. So, Oh, my. 20 was, hours a day? Sometimes, yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it was weird. I was a teenager. That's just 
people work hard <laughs> out, out, out yeah. there. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, how has your home life been? Pretty much the same? Yeah, so my, my boyfriend started a new job like the day that they locked the city down. Yeah. <laughs> so um, he's an editor at Penguin now. Oh, wow. Um, Congrats. Yeah. Yeah, it's really exciting. And he's really enjoying it. It's just been and I actually really am enjoying getting to hear like little snippets of his I feel like it's a a nice way to get to know what his job is and who his coworkers are and stuff. I get to kind of eavesdrop in when I'm making some tea or whatever, because um, they're doing a lot more like video meetings and stuff. Right. Um, but we have a we have a small second bedroom that you can close the door like again I'm so lucky that I worked from home before all of this because like when we were looking for an apartment one of the things that we were really hardcore about or that I was really hardcore about was that I wanted to have a second bedroom with a door that I could close yeah so that I could go work by myself um and uh now I think if we didn't have that we would be in a bit of a, a bad zone just in terms of not being able to get out of each other's hair Oh, yeah. I turn, I have, and this is going to make some people very upset. We have a three-bedroom apartment. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Where are those people who've just been here for 13, 14 years? Right. Back when you could find these deals. So now, like, you know, our landlords want us out because of how little we pay. But we each have an office and I have, like, a studio. We each have a studio. And then our bedroom is about the size of a bed. But Right. I think that's nice, though, for the bedroom just to be, like, a bedroom. Oh, it was, yeah, it was the first time we ever had that. And also like, and so online I'm seeing all these people like how to set up a space at home and a workspace at home when you have two kids. And I'm like, oh my gosh, we are so lucky. I'd hate us if I wasn't in this situation. <laughs> anyway. I feel really, I feel really lucky not to have kids right now. Um, yeah. I don't know if, if that's insensitive to say. Well, no, it's about like you. It's, it's something I've been like wondering about in my life like if I ever want them because I'm 31 and I guess that's the time that you start to ask yourself the question anyway yeah um you know it's like it used five years ago if I was thinking about the next five years it wouldn't have a potential pregnancy in it but now I don't know um but right now I do know (laughs) (laughs) so that's (laughs) kind of nice to have some certainty yeah, well, I mean, I haven't actually brought this up on the podcast before, but you know about me that I had a miscarriage in the fall. Mm. And I was really upset about it. I still am. Like, it still hits me sometimes. But I'm like, I would be like seven months pregnant now. That would be, yeah, that would be very scary. That thought really scared me. Like, I can't even get an appointment to do anything. I Yeah. I mean, the the imp- that's another thing that's scary, the impact on people without the coronavirus but who need medical care right now yeah um i mean i guess yeah i guess if you're pregnant you have access to uh, hospitals but like you can you have a doula like it just all these thoughts that i don't have to deal with are really kind of great yeah it's it's very rare that our kind of precarious way of living um fine like work-wise and kind of anti-social way of living work-wise is like the the beneficial situation or like the best possible situation. But weirdly, I feel very fortunate right now. Yeah, I do too. I feel fortunate that I'm psychologically prepared. (laughs) Yeah. For chaos. I think it's really hard. It's really hard to lose routine, right? But I've been trying to make routine at home for the last like eight years. 
Yeah, and varying I think degrees of success. That's important for people who are new to this um, to sort of understand is that those of us who have been at it have been at it for eight, 10, 20 years, and we're still trying to refine how to do this properly. So if things feel absolutely out of control, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, it, it makes sense for things to be very chaotic right now, I think. And to have lots In turn- of all kinds of feelings. <laughs> oh, yeah, all kinds. Um, Nuts, literally. Well, Monica, um, we should probably wrap this up. <laughs> I hope this wasn't too depressing. I feel like it's, a, you know, it's a weird time to be light. <laughs> That's been pretty much what every guest I've had has said at the end of the interview for the last two weeks. So don't <laughs> worry. We're all we're on the same boat. We're in the boat. This is the boat. And we don't have to work 19 hours a day. So in a lot of ways, it's an easier boat than it could be. <laughs> Yeah, for some of us, you could sleep nineteen hours a day, um, and you sh- and you should. That's your that's your duty to the planet, just to just sleep, just take yeah, a break. Rest. Um, where can people find you online, Mon? I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Monica Heisey is the handle, um, and that's that's it. I guess that's me. You could buy her book, actually. Oh God, <laughs> great idea! Buy my book. It's called I Can't Believe It's Not Better. It's a bunch of. Uh, Essays and short stories and drawings I thought were funny when I was 26. <laughs> I think actually, I'm going to reread that during this time because it, it's like a very calming, nice, cozy read. <laughs> it's gentle for sure. It's it's very like, whatever you're doing is fine, girl. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And gentle reads are what we need because the think pieces on the Washington Post are too much. <laughs> Yeah, you can you can alternate Moby Dick and a light humor piece by me from 2015. Oh, that'd be amazing. I'm excited to see what that experience is like. Um, okay, buddy, thanks for being on the show. Oh man, thanks for having me. <laughs> okay. Okay. Bye. Bye. Okay. The H Word Podcast is happy to be part of the shop. Follow the shop on Instagram at the underscore shop to. Artwork this week by Danielle Wright, and our theme music is always by Laura Barrett. For information on all our artists and guests, please follow us everywhere at the H Word Pod or sign up for our newsletter at the H Word Pod.com. <laughs>